Pastor John Cannon and the Congregation of Victory Church welcome you to this message from the Word of God. It is our heartfelt desire to see you grow closer to the Lord and to help you become all that He has created you to be. Our prayer is that through this ministry you would come to know Him in a greater way and that these teachings from Scripture would better equip you to fulfill His plan in your life. Now, let's join Pastor John as we study the Word together. to take your Bibles, if you will, please, and turn to Matthew's Gospel, chapter 5, verse number 7. Uh, we're in this study on the Beatitudes, and uh, we've been unpacking these one by one, and I, I'm not even sure we're going to get done before um, the new year, so we may even wind up going into the first of January with some of these, uh, but I think there's some good stuff in here for us. I just want to slow down and start unpacking these one by one and looking at these. In Matthew's Gospel, chapter 5, and verse number 3... The Bible says, the poor in spirit are blessed, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Those who mourn are blessed, for they will be comforted. The gentle are blessed, for they will inherit the earth. Those who hunger and thirst for righteousness are blessed, for they will be filled. The merciful are blessed, for they will be shown mercy. This is the beatitude that we are unpacking today. It's beatitude number five in the order of the eight beatitudes that are mentioned But in verse 7, the merciful are blessed, for they will be shown mercy. The pure in heart are blessed, for they will see God. The peacemakers are blessed, for they will be called the sons of God. And those who are persecuted for righteousness are blessed, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Let's pray. Father, we ask your blessings on the reading of your word today. And we just pray, God, you speak to our hearts. I pray, Lord, you help me to be able to share This passage of scripture, this sermon that you've laid on my heart for today in the very manner that you would have it delivered, I pray, God, you'd speak through me, that you would bring the thoughts to my remembrance, you'd give me clarity of thought and clarity of speech, and and help me, Lord, to unpack this, to lean into verse number 7 so that we can take something away from it. It's not enough just to hear the word, but help us to be doers of the word. Help us to move the word of God from our mind down to the seed of our emotions down into our heart. And I pray, God, that it would come out in our actions and how we treat each other and how we interact in our communities. Lord, we ask your blessings on our time together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. The Beatitude about mercy. Now, sometimes we read these things and we're thinking, okay, what exactly is taking place? I want to try to show you something here. I want you to see this. It's on the screen for you. The first four Beatitudes really deal with some principles in our life. The first four Beatitudes really deal with ourself and our relationship to God, our relationship with God, what God thinks about us. Really, the first four principles are in, or the first four Beatitudes are inward principles, okay? Look where it says back in our scripture in Matthew chapter 3. It says the poor in spirit are blessed for the kingdom of God is theirs. Those who mourn are blessed. The, uh, and those who hunger and thirst for righteousness are blessed. And the gentle are blessed. These are inward principles. Okay, But I want you to see the last four Beatitudes deal with the manifestation of those principles. Okay, The first four deal with the inner principles that we're living by and how we see ourselves before God. These last four that he shares with us 
really are the manifestation of the first four that are within us. Does that make sense? Let me see if I can illustrate it a little bit further and show you what I'm talking about. For instance, and I believe it's the next slide, those who are poor in spirit, they recognize their need for mercy, okay? And they show mercy to other people. Those that are poor in spirit, remember when we had that message? We talked about that meant to be bankrupt. It meant we recognize there's nothing that we could do to inherit heaven. We are, we're completely standing before the Lord naked. We bring nothing to Him other than plead and ask for His forgiveness. And, and we're poor in spirit. We're bankrupt, spiritually speaking, without the Lord. You know what I'm talking about? Well, the person that recognizes that and realizes that is the person that's going to show mercy. You know, as I started unpacking this in my own personal studies, I started thinking back in my life over the past 25 years of pastoring and doing church work and being involved in ministry. And, and I just, there were, there were faces that started to come in contact here. There were faces and people and places and things and even my own life and my own behavior of things that I realized, hey, the reason I may not be showing much mercy is because I'm thinking too much of myself spiritually. I'm not bankrupt. Hello, are you with me? I'm not poor in spirit. I'm thinking there's something, some reason I, I should merit heaven based off of my own good works and deeds and actions. Are you guys tracking with me? Okay. The poor in spirit are going to show mercy. The inner principle of realizing that I am bankrupt spiritually is going to lead me to show mercy to people because I realize what I am without Christ. I am nothing. I'm spiritually bankrupt, right? So therefore, I'm going to be merciful and I'm going to receive mercy and I'm going to give mercy. The second illustration about the second principle or the second beatitude is blessed are those who mourn. If you remember, I shared with you the, the correct interpretation of that particular passage dealt with mourning over our sin, okay? Asking for repentance and asking God to forgive us. So the fact that we mourn over our sin, it's going to lead us to a heart of purity, right? It's going to lead us to having a pure heart. If we have the inner principle of mourning over our sin, the result of that, the outward manifestation of that, is that we're going to have, we're going to be pure in heart. Make sense? Look at the third beatitude. Those who are meek. Remember we talked about meekness is not weakness. Meekness is power under control. But those who are meek, the outward result of that, the outward manifestation of that is peace. They're going to be peacemakers, right? We're meek, power under control, but yet we're striving for peace. They kind of go hand in hand. And then the fourth one we see, those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, those people that are hungering and thirsting after righteousness will be willing to go through the persecution that will follow as a result of that. So my point I want you to see is the first four Beatitudes deal with the inner principles, the inner spirit of us as Christians and as human beings striving to, to serve God and to live for Him. The last four Beatitudes deal with the outward manifestation of those first four inward principles. Does that make sense? Man, I love it when I was just kind of unpacking this thing and really discovering more and more and digging in deeper and deeper into the Beatitudes. I realized if I'm not showing mercy, it's probably because I'm thinking too high of myself spiritually, right? If I'm not seeking for peace, it's probably because I'm not very meek. And, and they just go in reverse, right? If I'm not pure in heart, it means I'm not mourning over my sin. Hello? If, if, I'm, if I'm not willing to be persecuted, then I'm not really 
hungering and thirsting after righteousness. You see how it, how it tracks and how it goes? And I hope, hope and praise that settles in with you. But today we're looking at verse number 7, and we're talking about mercy. Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are the merciful, for they... Blessed are the merciful, or the merciful are blessed, I should say. I've, I'm, I've memorized it in one translation. I'm reading it out of another. And so when you blend them both together, it, it kind of comes out like it just came out. The merciful are blessed, for they will be shown mercy. So today we're really talking about mercy, which really leads to us talking about how we treat each other. It really talks about how we treat one another. In the Phillips translation, it says this, Happy are the merciful for they will have mercy shown to them. So you know what Jesus is really saying here? What Jesus is saying is this. You get what you give. You receive what you give. Does that make sense? It's the law of direct return. In other words, if you criticize people, get this. If you criticize people, they're going to criticize you. Right? It's the law of direct return. Whatever I'm giving is usually what I'm going to be getting. Jesus said, you give mercy, you receive mercy, right? Now, I didn't say that. Jesus did in verse number seven. Nod your head if you're with me today, okay? I'm like, Tyler, some of you guys are just frozen in your seats there. But don't be. We're in a comfortable environment here. Listen, if you're friendly to other people, you'll receive friendliness, right? The Bible even says, how do you you even have friends? By showing yourself, come on, finish it for me, friendly. It's the law of direct return. What I want to receive is what I need to be giving. Hello? If I want to receive mercy, then I need to be giving mercy. Listen, the bottom line is this. Do you want to be happy? Do we want to be happy in this life? If we want to be happy in this life, then here it is. You must learn and I must learn how to treat people right. Right? If we treat people right, then we can be happy People. So today I want to talk to you really about three different areas about mercy. I want to talk to you about the meaning of mercy. I want to talk to you about the marks of mercy. And then in closing, I want to share with you the motive of mercy and why we are going to be sharing mercy. What is mercy? What is the meaning of mercy? The meaning of mercy. And you need to jot this down. The meaning of mercy is simply this. It's love in action. Mercy is doing something. And I shared with you the story out of Luke chapter 10 about the Good Samaritan. The Good Samaritan showed mercy. Why? Because he did something. He saw a need and he did something. So really, just to boil it down and get to the, to the brass tacks of things and get to the bottom line. I'm a bottom line kind of guy. Just get me to the bottom line, right? The bottom line about mercy is this. It's love in action. It's when you and I see a need and we just don't feel sorry for somebody. We step in there and meet that need. Or if you and I see a need, I won't be careful when I say this because I don't want you to think it's never okay to call the church, but if we see a need, we can pick up the phone. We say, hey, we call the church. Say, hey, tell the preacher there's a need over here. He needs to go over here and do something, right? Listen, if God brought that need to your eyes, then he probably wants you to do something about it. Are you with me? Are you Okay. Now, that doesn't mean I'm not here to help. It doesn't mean I'm not here to serve. And it doesn't mean I never want you to call into the office, okay? That's why I was hesitating even saying that. But the point is this. Mercy is love in action. It's us moving forward. It's us whenever we see something. It's not just feeling sorry for people. It's actually doing something. 
In Psalm 145, in verse number 8, the Bible says this. It says, God is kind and merciful. He's slow to get angry, and He's full of love. So if we want to be like God, you know what we need to be? We need to learn to be merciful. Well, the question then comes, how do I know if I'm showing mercy? How do I know if I'm merciful? Okay, that's where I want to lean into a little bit more in this message and then kind of step out of it with some motives. But I want to lean in a little bit further, dig a little bit deeper on the marks of mercy. And there's four areas that I want to unpack for us this morning that will help us to see if we are a merciful person or if we are showing mercy. Number one, you need to jot this one down. If I am a merciful person, then number one, I will be patient. Everybody say patient. I will be patient. Say it again. Some of you didn't want to say it. I will be patient with all. Everybody say all people. Everybody. I am going to learn to be patient with everybody. Now, there are some people that we enjoy being patient with. I mean, I don't mind being patient with my wife. Why? Because I love her. She loves me. I serve her. She serves me. I can learn to be patient there, and I'm okay with that. I was even, and my daughter, I was even patient this morning. Do you realize in my 15 years of pastoring this church, this is the latest that I've ever come to church. 10-15 is when I walked in the door this morning. So I'm sitting out there in the car, and I'm, I'm Lord, help me to show mercy. Help me to show mercy. <laughs> Help me to show mercy. Help me, Lord, to show mercy. Self is rising. Help me, Jesus, show mercy. I'm serious. And that's what I did to did, Kristen. Kristen, did I not show mercy this morning? I know. I did, yeah, I, I'm not looking for an excuse. I, I'm asking, I just ask you one question. Has nothing to do. Did, did I show mercy this morning? Yeah, I did. Right? It's, it's being patient. <laughs> you get it? Everybody say, got it. Get it? Get it? Got it? Good. All right. Yeah, here we are. Being merciful is being patient with all people. Now, get this. If the Lord is trying to teach you patience, you know what he's going to do? He's going to put you in situations that require what? Patience. Isn't that amazing? But most of the time, we're in those situations, we're kicking, we're screaming, and we're not showing mercy. So if I want to receive mercy, I must show mercy. Hello? It's a learning curve here. It's training ground. I mean, I tell you, this is something. These Beatitudes, really, they, they just hammer into the way we live every single day of our life, Right? And if we want to receive mercy, then we must show mercy. And by doing that, we must learn to be patient. Listen, and I'm not talking about Kristen here. But, but listen, God is going to place people in your life that need nothing from you but patience. Right? I mean, God is going to place... And this has nothing to do with Kristen in this situation right now. Okay, I'm completely off that subject. God is going to place those people in your life that are just... I call them EGR people. And what do I mean by EGR people? What I mean by that is extra grace required. Okay? There are some people that's going to enter, in you, enter into your life and really all they want from you is mercy. Right? And for, and for whatever reason, it seems like these people come into your world. It may be somebody on the job. It may be somebody in the community. It may be somebody at school. It may be somebody at church. I don't know. But, but there's just people that come into your life 
And, and, and whenever you see the, the text message from them or the phone call from them or the Facebook message from them or, or whatever your means of communication are, maybe there's something about you that just cringes a little bit. Okay? You guys are like, I can't believe he's talking like that because we all, I, I want to talk where we live. We, we live there, right? Hello? Yeah, we all do. Okay? So what we need to do is say, okay, God, you're teaching me something here. This person has come into my life. Instead of criticizing them, instead of talking about them, instead of running them down, what we need to do is show patience towards them and be kind and gentle with them, which is really just showing mercy, right? Look what the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse number 14. The scripture says, encourage the timid, help the weak, be patient with everyone. Be patient with everyone. First Thessalonians 5 and verse number 14. Let me ask you a question. Are you patient with everyone? I mean, everybody in your life, are you patient with them? You know, I find it easier to be patient with our family, but... What about those other people in our life? We, we need to learn to be patient. And the Bible says if I'm going to be a merciful individual that shows mercy, then I must learn to be patient with those individuals. Let me ask you this. How can you be patient with everyone? How is it? How really can you be patient with everyone? I think there's a couple ways. You may need to jot this down. You may be thinking about somebody right now that God has placed in your life and you haven't been showing much mercy towards them, right? And listen, if you're not giving mercy, don't expect to get any. Hello? Blessed are the merciful, right? For they shall receive mercy. Hello? You receive what you give. You get what you give. Everybody understand that principle? So there's some folks we need to start showing mercy to. There's some people in our life that are just those EGR people, extra grace required type of people. Well, how do we show patience towards them? Here's one way. Learn their background. Hear their story. You know, a lot of times our relationships are so shallow, right? They're just on the surface. And we just write everybody off before we really get a chance to hear what it is they're dealing with or to understand what their background is. In other words, once we start hearing their story, once we start learning someone's background, we will stop saying, look how far they have to go. We will start saying, look how far they've come. Are you with me? Why is that? It's because we're being patient. It's because we're showing mercy towards them. So look at their background. Another way we can learn to be patient with everyone is look beneath the external behavior and look for the internal pain. Guys, everybody, there's not one person in this room, myself included, that doesn't have some type of a heartache going on in their life right now. We all have something. Every single one of us. If every single one of us chose to do, we could focus about some of those difficult things that we're dealing with right now in our life and we could all start weeping and crying and we could all just hold hands and cry together, right? Listen, behind every face, there's a little bit of pain. 
everybody is dealing with some type of difficult situation in their life. Everyone may be dealing with some type of loneliness or some type of hurt or some type of depression or some type of anxiety. And what we need to do is to be a little bit more understanding with everybody. Are you with me today? And we're just, we're just now starting to lean into this. But this is good stuff, right? If I'm going to receive mercy, I must learn to show mercy. And the first mark of that is to show patience and be patient with everyone. Romans 5.17, the text that we just had on the screen there in Romans 5 or 15.7 says, Accept each other in the Lord, even as Christ has accepted you. Guys, don't be so quick to criticize. Don't be so quick to judge. Realize that hurtful people are hunting people. What do I mean by that? Those people that are hurting, they're hunting for someone to talk with, for someone to listen to them. Guys, you realize that God has given you two ears and one mouth? That means He wants you to listen twice as much as you talk? Hello? What we need to learn to do is the habit of listening to somebody else's story. Instead of always getting into a relationship and us doing all the talking and me telling you everything about myself, when's the last time you went to somebody and said, hey, just share with me, what's going on in your life? Do you have a good week? Really? Because most people, yeah, you're good. And why do they just blow you off like that? Because they really don't even think you really want to know. Right? So sit down with somebody and hear their story. Listen to their, the background of their life. I promise you it would be a lot easier to be patient with people if we would slow down and listen to them. Right? Hurtful people. Everybody say it. Hurtful people. Hurtful people. Say it. We've got to help you guys through this stuff. I, I notice some of you can't even clap. We're, we're trying to clap and keep beat. Some of you go. And I, I'm like, oh, I've got to help get this crowd together. We can get a little rhythm going here. And, and even in reciting, everybody just talks, we, we like to do things together here, okay? So everybody say it together. Hurtful people, after I say it, you say it. Hurtful people are hunting people. Are hunting. Right? They're seeking after someone just to listen to them. So be patient. Are you a patient person? If you're not a patient person... Probably a pretty good idea. You're not a very merciful person. You may, the, the meter, we just watched Elf again for the, I don't know how many times at our house. And the Santa Claus meter went all the way down, right? Maybe the merciful meter is just tanked in your life. You know what you need to do? You need to learn how to start showing some mercy. How do you do that? Number one, you start being patient with people and hearing their story and realize they're hurting and they've got a heartache. And they need somebody to listen to them. Are you with me? Yes. Let me give you the second mark. And I told you, I'm going to lean into these a little bit hard. I'll, I'll, I'll jump out on the motive part, but on these marks of, a, of mercy. The second part is this. If I'm a merciful person, oh, I will forgive those who have fallen. I will forgive people. Let me ask you this. When people make mistakes... Are you the type of person that rubs it in or are you the type of person that rubs it out? Let that sink in. 
When people make mistakes in your life and they may fall and, and, and they may need you to forgive them, are you the type of person who just rubs it in and rubs it in and rubs it in and holds a grudge and holds a grudge and never lets them free from that and keeps them on the hook from now till Jesus comes and reminds them of when they have fallen, rubbing it in and rubbing it in and rubbing it in? Or are you showing mercy and saying, you know what? I forgive you. Yeah, what you said hurt. I, but I forgive you. What you did hurt, but I forgive you. Let's rub this thing out. Hello? What a different world it would be if we as people, especially as believers, as Christians, as Christ followers, what a different world it would be if we would show mercy. And in doing that, we're patient with people and we forgive people that hurt us. Guys, don't hold a grudge. Don't hold something over somebody's head forever and a day. Because at the end of the day, you're doing nothing but making yourself miserable. Amen. You're, you're nothing but making yourself miserable. And just let me say this. In life in general, take church out of it. In life in general, you're going to get hurt. Hello? Whether it be, I, I'm not, take church out of it. In life in general, you're going to get hurt. Well, how are you going to deal with that? Do you want to be a miserable, cantankerous, hard, bitter, nasty person? I don't want to be that person. I don't want to be. And sometimes I find myself becoming that. And I'm like, God, I don't want to be this person that I feel myself becoming. And that's when he'll say, well, you got to forgive. Right? you got to forgive. You've, you've got to be patient and you've got to forgive those individuals. Colossians 3.13 says this, it says we need to be accepting one another and forgiving one another. And if anyone has a complaint against another, just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive them. Here's what I find interesting. Here's what I find interesting about forgiveness. When we are called to receive it, it feels right. But when we're called to give it, it feels so wrong. Right? When we're asking someone to forgive us, it seems so right when we receive forgiveness. Right? But when someone comes to us and asks us to forgive them, we're like, oh, oh, oh. let me just hold them over this thing for a little bit. You know, let me just really tell you what it did. Let me share with you really how I feel. Let me, let me unpack the pain that I've gone through because of you. Before I forget, I'm going to forgive you because God says I have to. But before I do, let me tell you something. Is that true forgiveness? No. And, and oftentimes, whenever we have to give the forgiveness, it feels wrong, and it shouldn't. We need to learn to be a forgiving people. I mean, listen, you're going to get hurt. There's one word for that. What is that one word for I'm going to get hurt? It's called life. Deal with it. Right? I mean, grow up. Hello? Get off the playground. It's not middle school any longer. It's called life. Hello? You're going to get hurt in life. It may be somebody on the job. It may be somebody for the college kids that are in school and college. It may be out in the community. It may even be in your family. And listen, unfortunately, but it's true, even in church, you're going to get hurt. Amen. Guys, you got to learn to forgive. I mean, listen, you can pack up and leave all you want to, but I promise you, and this is something my, pre my pastor told me when I went into ministry 25 years ago, he told me this. Pastor Leonard Lindsay, these are his words. When I was talking to him about going into the ministry and becoming a pastor, he shared these words of wisdom with me, and they're still near and dear to me today. He said this. He said, John, 
When you go pastor a church, you're going to get hurt. And he said, when you get hurt, you can pack up your bags and you can resign and you can leave that church. He said, but I promise you, whatever you're running from at one church, you'll find at the next church. It'll be on the steps. It'll be greeting you as soon as you walk in the door. What great counsel. What great wisdom. People ask me, how do you stay so long? Because I realize, hey, we've got to deal with stuff. Stuff's going to happen. There is no perfect church. There is no perfect people. There is no perfect pastor. There is no perfect job. There is no perfect family. Why? Because we all live in a fallen world. Right? So getting hurt is part of life. What we need to learn to do is to get our thumb out of our mouth and quit being babies and grow up a little bit and learn how to deal with it. Hello? I'm, I just don't like what he said. I, I'm, I'm leaving. I'm taking my, we're leaving that church. We'll leave, honey. But guess what? When you get to the next church and you get settled in, God's going to bring you to that test. He's going to let you take that test again. Just a different location, different people, different situation, maybe a little bit different time. But you're going to come back and take that test again. I don't want to waste all that time. Man, if I failed it right here, give me a chance. Let me, let me make it right. I want to pass this test and move on. That's called Christian growth. Hello? Are you guys with me today? Yes. You want mercy? Yes. You got to give it. Are you giving it? Ask yourself, are you patient? And are you forgiving? Can you handle two more of these? <laughs> there was a lady <laughs> talked about having mercy and how we need to give mercy. The lady went and had her picture taken by this photographer and he worked on the pictures and he met with her a week or so later and, and gave her the picture and she took it home and she brought it back and she said, Sir, she said, this picture just doesn't do me justice. The photographer looked at her and said, Ma'am, you don't need justice, you need mercy. <laughs> Are you ready to move on to point number three? We need to give mercy, right? Number three is this. If I'm a merciful person, not only am I patient, not only am I forgiving, but number three, I will help those who are hurting. I will help those who are hurting. The great illustration I just gave you in Luke chapter 10 that I just read earlier about the Samaritan. He saw someone that was hurting and he was willing to help. And guys, whenever we're walking through life, if we're going to show mercy, if we're going to be a merciful person, we've got to look around and we've got to see those people that are hurting. And those people that are hurting, we just don't need to feel sorry for them. We just don't need to, oh, I'll pray for you and move on. No, we need to get in there and do something about it, right? We as individuals need to step in there and help those people. Proverbs 3 and verse number 27 says this, When it is in your power, don't withhold good from the, from the one it belongs to. In other words, if it's in your realm of control, I was thinking about this today as I was driving to church. I was thinking about things I can control, I need to control. But things that are completely out of my control, I need to let go of. Right? All I can do is control those things that I can control. And all these other things that happen that I can't control, I need to let go of. And I, I was kind of thinking about this passage of Scripture. When it is in your power, don't withhold good from the one it belongs to. In other words, if it's in your air of control, do something about it. If there's something you can do to help somebody, do it. Hello? Mercy is taking action. Mercy is doing something. Mercy is practical assistance. If I just feel sorry for somebody, listen, I am not being like Christ. Right? 
But if I see a need, I'm willing to do something about it. I am being like Christ, right? Jesus saw a need. What's the greatest need that he saw? He saw that all humanity needed a savior. He saw that the relationship between, between all humanity was severed because of sin. He said, hey, I'll do something about it. And he was the first one to lead by example. He said, hey, I'll go die for them. And he did something about our sinful nature. Amen? He died on the cross. Was it painful for him? Sure it was. Did he sacrifice? Yes. And whenever you help people, sometimes it will be painful. And there will be sacrifice on your part. But listen, that's what showing mercy is. Hello? Are you with me today? Helping those who are hurting. Mercy is taking action. Everybody say that together. Mercy is taking action. It's doing something. In 1 John chapter 3, let me read this to you. You need to jot this reference down. 1 John chapter 3, verse 17 through 18, it says, If anyone has this world's goods and sees his brother in need, but closes his eyes to his need, how then can God's love reside in him? Little children, we must not love with word or speech, but with truth and with action. Hello? If we say we love each other, then the question is, what are we doing for each other? We need to be serving each other, helping each other, being patient with each other, forgiving each other. Are you with me, church? What is that? That's showing mercy, right? Hmm. Don't just say you love people. Show you love. I love a quote by, by John Wesley. I believe I have a slide for it. I want you to see this. John Wesley, the founder of the Methodist movement, the Methodist church, he and his brother Charles. But John Wesley said this. He said, do all the good you can, by all the means you can, in all the ways you can, in all the places you can, at all the times you can, to all the people you can, as long as you can. I like that. In other words, be doing something. Look around and see the needs that are out there and do something about it. Now, I put a slide in. I don't even know if it's there. Do I have the slide of Flip Wilson? I tried to get it to upload, and I was having a hard time getting that image to upload. But how many of you guys know Flip Wilson? Now, this, this is going to date you a little bit. He used to have the Flip Wilson show back when I was a boy, and, and man, he was hilarious, and we'd watch that show. But somebody asked Flip Wilson one time. He said, hey, Flip. He said, uh, he said what's your religion? Flip said, I ain't got no religion. He said, what's your religion? He said, well, if I've got to have something, I'm a Jehovah standbyer, stand right? In other words, he said, I just stand by. And, and you see, the problem is that's what many of us do. We're just Jehovah standbyers. Do y'all get that at all? <laughs> We're not doing anything. We come to church, we listen to the service, we get involved in the singing, we go home and we don't do a blessed thing for the cause of Christ through the week. So you know what? Instead of saying, well, I'm Baptist, we need to say, well, I'm just, I'm just a Jehovah standbyer, right? Guys, we got to do something. Showing mercy is putting things into motion. It's being active like this good Samaritan was. He saw this guy that had been robbed and laying in the ditch and left for dead. And, and you know, he went over there and he did something. He bandaged up his wounds. He picked him up and he took him to the, as I said earlier, the... The, the, the closest Holiday Inn Express and he put him up there and he left his Discover card, if you will. And, in other words, he left some money. 
to take care of this guy. And then he said, hey, I've got to go, but I'm going to come back and check on this guy. And if this is not enough money to, to cover the expenses, I'll pay the difference as soon as I get back. But take care of him, guys. That's mercy. That's doing something. Let me give you the last one. And I've got to stop here. Number four, if I'm a merciful person, I'll do good to my enemies. I'll do good to my enemies. Luke chapter 6, verse 33 says, If you do what is good to those who are good to you, what credit is that? Even sinners do that. But love your enemies and do what is good and lend and expecting nothing in return. And then your reward will be great and you'll be the sons of the Most High for He is gracious to the ungrateful and evil and be merciful just as your Father is also merciful. The point is this. If you want to be like God, then we're going to be merciful and we realize that, that we're going to have those people that just attack us. And we're going to have those people that just criticize us. You know what we need to do? We need to show mercy. We need to do good to those who do evil to us. Now, listen, I understand. That's the exact opposite of what society tells us today. Society tells us if somebody's hurt me, I'm going to hurt them back. And I'm going to hurt them back real good. Right? Society tells me if somebody, you know, tries to destroy my career or, or I'm going to get them back and, you know, what goes around comes around. Honey, yours is coming. I'm coming your way. Right? That's kind of what society tells us. Right? But that's not what the Lord tells us to do. The Lord says, says we're to love our enemies. We're to pray for them. I wonder. I wonder if we go on the job tomorrow. Maybe this is something we can do when we go to work tomorrow. The guy that's constantly criticizing you, the guy that's constantly nagging you, the guy that's just absolutely being a jerk because you're trying to do what's right and live for the Lord and, and he's trying his best to destroy you. Let me ask you, when he criticizes you, instead of you criticizing him, why don't you compliment him? Hello? I mean, just turn the tables on him and just be good to him. I mean, if he keeps trying to destroy you and tear you down and he criticizes you, why don't you just compliment him? We need to learn how to do good to our enemies. Those are four marks, I believe, of showing mercy. I'm patient, right? I'm forgiving, right? I'm obviously trying my best to do good to them and then I'm helping those who are hurting. Let me real quickly, and I'm just going to hit these and be done. Let me give you three motives why should I even do this? You may be sitting there, oh, that's all well and good, but why should I do it? When I walk out that door, why should I do that? Let me give you three motives. Number one is this, because God has shown you mercy. Why should I show mercy? Because God has shown you mercy, right? I mean, look at all he's done for us. Matthew eighteen thirty three. shouldn't you also have had mercy on your fellow slave as I had mercy on you? You remember the message I preached sometime back about the lady or the, uh, the scribes and the Pharisees that found the lady in adultery and they drug her to the feet of Jesus and they threw her at the feet of Jesus and, and they were all had their rocks and they're ready to stone her and Jesus started writing something in the sand and the dirt and maybe he was either one revealing their sin or maybe two revealing their girlfriends who they had had adulterous affairs with. I don't know what he was writing in the sand. He was writing something in the sand and all of a sudden one by one what did they start doing? They started dropping their rocks and walking away. Remember I, I shared with us what we all need to do? We need to drop our rocks. Hello? Every single one of us need to drop our rocks and start extending mercy. Why? Because the Lord has extended mercy to us. I found this poem the other day and I thought it was pretty good and I want to share it with you because oftentimes we tend to judge other people by their worst faults and when we tend to judge ourselves by our best intentions, right? 
We look at other people, we judge them by their faults, but then we judge ourselves and we're a lot more lenient and have more mercy on ourselves because we intended to do something. But I found this poem the other day that I thought was pretty good. I want to share it with you. It says this. Don't find fault with a man who limps or stumbles along the road unless you've worn the shoes he wears or struggled beneath his load. There may be tacks in his shoes that hurt, though hidden away from view, or the burden he bears placed on your back might cause you to stumble too. Don't sneer at the man who's down today unless you felt the blow that caused his shame or felt the shame that only the fallen know. You may be strong, but still the blows that were his if dealt to you in the same self-way and the same self-time might cause you to stagger too. Don't be too harsh with a man who sins or pelts you with words or stones unless you are sure, yeah, doubly sure, that you have not sins of your own. For you, perhaps, that if the tempter's voice should whisper soft to you, as it did to him when he went astray, it would cause you to falter too. Guys, we need to realize there's a lot of people out there that are hurting, that have fallen, that are lashing out at you, mainly because they're hurting on the inside. And what we need to do, instead of retaliating, we need to show patience, forgiveness, and mercy towards them, right? Why do we need to give mercy? Because God has given it to us. Number two motive is this, because you're going to need it in the future, right? Listen, guys, none of us are perfect. Every single one of us are going to need God's grace and God's mercy in the future. And therefore, we need to give some of that mercy back. And number three motive is this, and I don't have time to unpack these, but number three motive is this, it just makes you happy. Jesus said, blessed are the merciful. Happy. So if you want to be happy, extend mercy to someone that needs it. Do they deserve it? I didn't say that. They may not deserve it. But in grace, you're going to extend mercy. Right? So I wonder as the band comes and we have a, just a time of, of meditation on this. Let me just try to bring this to a conclusion. Let me make a few statements here. Unmercifulness makes us miserable. If we're not extending mercy, then we're just flat out going to live a miserable life. Ben Franklin said it best when he said this. He said, when you're good to other people, you are best to yourself. When you're good to other people, you are best to yourself. Well, you say, okay, 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 you got me. How do I do that? How do I go on the job tomorrow and extend mercy? How do I show that I am a merciful person? Well, the starting point for every single one of us is experiencing God's mercy. Because you can't give what you don't have. And if you've never received mercy from God, there's no way in the, way you, no way in the world you can give mercy to anyone. So that's where it starts. The only way we can give mercy to people the only way we can show ourselves a merciful person is to experience the mercy of God ourselves. Hello? That means we come to the Lord and we say, God, I realize that I'm a sinner. Every single one of us need to do this. God, I'm a sinner. And I just pray, God, you forgive me of my sins and you extend your grace and your mercy to me and that I can enter into a relationship with you and I could get to know you, a holy God, and I could cultivate that relationship. And 
And that one day when I die, I can make eternity my home. And God says, I'll give that to you. Only because of what my son Jesus did for you on the cross. I extend my grace and I extend my mercy to you. Come on home, child. Man, when you do that, then you're ready to give away some mercy. Because you can't give it away if you don't have it. And the only way you can have it is to experience it through God's amazing grace and the wonderful mercy that He bestows upon every single one of us. So if I want to give mercy, I've got to receive mercy. If I want to give peace, I've got to receive the peace of God. If I want to give forgiveness, then I've got to receive the forgiveness of God, right? If I want to give patience, then I've got to receive the patience of God. It all starts. What I get from Him, then I can give to others. But if I've never received it from Him, then I can never give it to anyone else. So I wonder as every head is bowed and every eye is closed. And our time of invitation is a little bit different here at Victory Church. We really don't have a time where we ask you to come forward and kneel and pray. And although if you want to, we always make this time available. If you just need to come and kneel and pray, you're welcome to. But here's kind of the way that, that we do it. Right here, the band's going to play in just a moment. We're going to stand. We're going to sing. And I just want you to focus right now on this time between you and God. And I want you to ask yourself, have I received God's mercy? Have I trusted in Him as my personal Savior? And if you haven't, right now, I just want you to right now while you're sitting there, just silently pray a prayer like this. I'm going to help you. Just say, dear God, I want what that preacher's been talking about. And I want to experience your mercy and your grace and your love and your forgiveness and your joy and your peace and your long-suffering and your gentleness and the list goes on and on. God, I want to experience all of that. The only thing I know to do is come to you and ask for your forgiveness. Admit that I have sinned, I have fallen, but that I believe Jesus died on the cross for my sins. That he was buried in that grave and he came out of that tomb victoriously the third day and now he's ascended to God the Father and there he's making intercession for me and right now I pray God you forgive me and I ask Jesus into my heart today forgive me Lord for I have sinned create in me a new heart create in me a clean spirit create in me a new person help me to walk in the newness of life and help me to walk in mercy Thank you for joining us for this message from the Word of God. We know that the truth you have just heard will change your life if you believe it and intentionally apply it. If you need someone to pray with or maybe you just want someone to talk to, please call us at 618-622-9360. That's 618-622-9360. Or you can email us at victory at victorychurchonline.net. If you're interested in obtaining more teaching materials or if you'd like to partner with us in this ministry, please contact us. You can email or call or send a request to 715 Lake Point Center, Suite 109, O'Fallon, Illinois, 62269. Come and check us out on the web at www.victorychurchonline.net. And again, we thank you and are glad you could join us.